Hello, everybody. Adam Parks here with another episode of Receivables Roundtable. Today, I am here with Missy Megason, the woman, the myth, the legend behind a lot of the news that we all read across the industry. How are you doing today, Missy? I am doing wonderful. It was a beautiful day in Atlanta. Oh, I'm I'm a little jealous. It's raining here in South Florida. Um, but, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with you for a number of years in a variety of different positions. And, you know, we've been able to build our friendship. Um, but for anybody who has not been as lucky as me, could you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got to the seat that you're in today? Sure. So I ended up in the collections industry and and where I am through a series of what I now know to be very, very fortunate events. Um, I graduated law school and did what anyone who graduated law school typically does. And I sent my resume out and said, who is willing to employ me to use this um, degree that I have that I have just gotten? Mm-hmm. And that person was uh, Joe Rosen with Pollock and Rosen down in uh, in Miami. Um, Joe's wonderful. And Joe gave me a chance and he said, you know, sure, I'll hire you as a collections attorney. And he hired me for his uh, Georgia office because I was moving from Florida to Georgia. And I ended up um, handling collections litigation for him for a number of years. And then I went to a large national law firm where I managed the Georgia office. I will not mention the name of that firm, but they have been gone since 2010, um, about six months after uh, after I got there. And um, from there, I ended up... Um, through a, another couple of events, I'll fast forward a minute. I ended up managing the litigation practice of a nine-state um, uh, real estate and collections law firm, and I managed litigation practice all across the Southeast. Um, and then I made a flip to in-house counsel, where I worked for a, a mortgage company. And then I ended up uh, going from the mortgage company to uh, working for Matt Maloney, who's another one of my one of my favorites at uh, First Financial Asset Management, where I was general counsel and chief compliance officer. And it was very interesting to have that experience of um, litigating collections cases to then being up to general counsel and chief compliance officer for a debt buyer and, and collection agency and and really coming, you know, full circle in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. And um then a couple of years ago, I joined uh, Inside ARM and the Consumer Relations Consortium. But I jumped from, um, yeah, so I've been from the person standing in the courtroom with the consumer all the way to the boardroom and, and making those decisions that affect consumers to now getting to work uh, at, the, at the industry level and really getting to communicate with so many people who I've respected for a really for a long time. Well, it puts you in a really interesting perspective, right? And I think personally that storyline is incredible. And then you and I got to know each other through the compliance um, kind of management piece when I was at Compliarm and you were with First Financial Asset Management and it brought together a lot of opportunities. But what I'm mostly interested in today is talking a little bit about Inside ARM and what you guys are doing over at CRC. Could you, for anybody who's not familiar, and I would expect most of the industry, if not everybody watching is already familiar, but maybe you can shed some additional light or nuggets of knowledge on us about CRC and Inside ARM. Sure. I'll start with Inside ARM. Inside ARM brings the news four days a week. Uh, We focus on analysis. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of news every day. And and at Inside ARM, we focus on um, giving the analysis that people need to to function. Mm -hmm. Um, CRC is the Consumer Relations Consortium. Um, We are an industry group comprised of agencies, debt buyers, vendors. Um, all of our members are, you know, RMAI and ACA members as well. 
Um, we're not, you know, we're, we are a, a separate type of type of group. And what we focus on is bringing the story of the consumer, the intersection of the consumer and the debt collector to mm -hmm. regulators, consumer advocates. Um, the Consumer Relations Consortium believes that debt collection and consumer protection are not mutually exclusive ideas. So we focus on the intersection of those of, of those two items and we um, we file comments and we, like I said, communicate with regulators and advocates from that um, you know, from that perspective. Well, it sounds like you guys are working on a lot of interesting pieces over at CRC. And I think being able to tell that story and the realistic story to where it's not just coming from uh, the consumer advocates who are telling all of these terrible stories, but I think some of the realistic stories about how the debt collection process or different organizations have been able to assist consumers with getting back onto that road to financial freedom is an important part of the storyline as well. And then I can only imagine the challenges that you guys face at Inside ARM because the news in this industry moves very quickly and it's it's there's no cliffs notes uh, meaning that like you guys are the cliffs notes for the rest of us to look at these complex situations and try to understand what has just happened so when we see a new um, supervisory highlight coming out when we see a new ruling that's coming out and you guys were at the forefront of Huntstein and other things as those things started to break across the industry I have to ask how do how do you do it? How do you take all that information, get through it, understand it, distill it, and then get it out to the industry in such a short period of time? Sure. Well, first, I rely on on my you know sixteen years of experience in the industry. Like I said, in my you know where I came from and how I got here, I know the things that were important to me in those roles, right? Mm -hmm. And I, and I know. Um, how pressed for time I was in those roles. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm looking at what is out there for any news day, I say, if I was sitting in my old seat, what would be the one thing that I needed to know today? What would be the one thing that I needed to, you know, start my day off with to say, I've got to know about this, about this piece. And that's usually the news story that, um, that I will choose, whether it's something that I write or whether it's something one of our trusted partners um, mm -hmm. writes. I start from what is the most crucial piece of information? And when it's something that, that I write, what I do is um, I, I go through it and try to present it in a way that operations people, um, compliance people, and everybody in between can read and, um, and understand. I was talking to someone a few days ago and I mentioned to him that my writing style is to, to write like I'm talking to someone at a cocktail party. Mm -hmm. If I'm talking about this important thing that came out, how do I keep it interesting, but still present the facts that people mm -hmm. need to know and, and have them engaged with it. So that's, that's my process. I, I think it's a very interesting process. Your perspective, clearly, you kind of understand all those things, but you also face the same challenges um, that we face from a marketing perspective when we're writing things, which is the multiple audience syndrome, right? So like when a debt buyer is writing out to their audience, they have to worry about speaking to three different audiences. They're talking to the consumer, they're talking to potential clients, and they're talking to the regulator simultaneously. But you've got a, an even more complex situation to where not only are you speaking to multiple 
audiences, but you're speaking to all of those people within that audience, right? So you've got like kind of all these audience subsets that you're speaking to simultaneously, whether it be the lawyers, the operations people, the executives, um, or even the consultants and others that kind of um, are collecting a lot of the information that you're putting out into the marketplace and using that to help them make their strategic decisions to go forward. You know, how do you look at like the multiple audience problem, right? Like as you're sitting there and you're writing, like how does that kind of germinate in your mind? So I think it's, um, I feel like if I'm telling a story and I'm talking to a group of people, there's going to be certain words and phrases that I use that everyone can identify with. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's going to be a certain tone to a conversation that, you know, when you're standing there with five or six different people, there's a certain tone to it that, that engages people. Um, you know, when you're talking to a group, you can see if they start kind of zoning out or looking <laughs> away and, and, and you learn which phrases like bring them back in. Mm -hmm. And I try to incorporate that in my writing to say what's, what's crucial here, getting into the weeds on a legal, um, you know, piece of procedure. I will lose the operations people, you mm -hmm. know, right away. Um, and, and if I go too far into an Excel spreadsheet, I will lose the legal people right away. <laughs> so, so my job is to summarize it and say, this report showed this, which means this, um, you know, and try to have something a little bit, a little bit for everybody so I can avoid the virtual, um, you know, zone out. Um, and to say it quickly, I, I try not to belabor the point because mm -hmm. everyone is busy. Well, that is definitely, a tr I mean, everything that you're saying is very true. I find it interesting that you found that neutrality to the tone and the way that you look at it is actually quite insightful because looking at it like you're standing at a conference around one of the cocktail, you know, tables at an opening reception and being able to engage with all of these audiences simultaneously through that same story, I think is incredible, but also being able to um, communicate the facts of the situation as well and to provide some insight into kind of what's going to happen. So it sounds like you're kind of leveraging some of your, you know, real world experience living in these roles to say, well, based on this, here's like the three things that might happen next or that we should be considering, which is one of my favorite things to get from the articles that I see from you, um, you know, on Inside ARM, because it gives me a little bit more perspective on not only what just happened, because I like to read the reports as well, but your interpretations of those things I find to be very valuable for me and something that I use in decision-making or at least in the discussionary process of making those decisions when I'm wearing my debt buyer hat or I'm wearing my, um, you know, my agency hat or consultant hat, which I think gives some really interesting perspective. You know, have you kind of found that voice over, how long have you been writing with Inside ARM now? It's been a little over two years. Have you found kind of like an evolution to that, um, like to your writing and kind of like honing in that skill set as you've reported on more news? And again, in very short periods of time, which is very impressive. Yeah, I think over the last couple of years, um, well, let me let me back up. My previous experiences, um, having, like I said, run a you know nine state litigation, debt collection litigation practice and having been GC and, and CCO. I did have to learn how to communicate very efficiently mm -hmm. and get what I was trying to say out within the first couple lines. Like if you get to your point at the end of the email, no mm -hmm. one's reading that. Like, I, so I learned many years ago to get, make people keep reading, like put it in the beginning, people keep reading. Um, 
And so I started from from that standpoint. But over the years, my writing has um, has evolved as I've gotten a little more comfortable bringing all of my years of experience in mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and my experience with the Consumer Relations Consortium where I'm continually still involved, you know, mm-hmm. in what's going on day to day in the um, in the industry. Um, bringing all of that in and being more comfortable with that with that voice for, for a quick example, um, I published an article recently about a um, judgment paper that the CFPB put out, which in my opinion was flawed. Um, and in my inside arm perspective, you know, I was able to write about where I think that's going and give mm-hmm. some insight to the industry as to, you know, in my most humble opinion, how they might want to might want to handle it. And people can, you know, agree or disagree with me. But I know that I relied on my experience in making those um, those statements. Well, I think that's a it, it's it takes a certain level of confidence to enable someone to speak with that level of confidence. And I think the experience that you've had through the years and the positions that you've held have helped to kind of build that up. For me, um, I always tell people on my staff, the greatest compliment you can get from me is a two word email. Please handle um, like that. That is the epitome of, you know, of trust in, in my world. And so. You know, I, I came from the uh, the sixth grade writing mentality early on. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them. Tell them what you told them. Um, but I don't think that our world has the patience for that anymore. And so, getting straight to the point has really been a, a big change for me in terms of kind of like my writing style through the years. But I'm also not. Um, under a time pressure, the way that you're under a time pressure to turn around these thoughts, because there's a lot of material coming through. Um, and then I know that you guys have a lot of really great partners that you work with as well to help you interpret and to gain perspective on those challenges. Do you spend a lot of time kind of leveraging that network to give you perspective as you're kind of preparing um, your thought pieces? You know, it, it really depends on um on what the topic is, generally, if it's a thought piece for me, I, I tend to just kind of go at that at that solo because um, I do have all that experience. But I do spend a lot of times um, when I'm pulling pieces that I haven't written. I do spend time with our partners to see who has the um, who, who has the right message, you know, on it. Maybe right message isn't the right word, but who, who's who has the most the one that the inside arm audience is going to appreciate the the most. Sure. Well, it's just evaluating different perspectives, bringing them in, and then finding what you think is the right fit for the audience that you're speaking to, um, which, you know, obviously is a, um, we're, we're a very tight knit and small community that we're kind of, you know, living and speaking with, um, you know, we've, we really, you see the same people at conferences all the time. And I feel like kind of that cycle is, um, <clears throat> it's a lot of the same people, but I think everybody goes to those same places for their news and to try to understand the world around them because things are happening so quickly. I mean, hell, I think I've gotten a hundred emails since we've been, you know, chatting today. Um, But like when you're going through that, like being able to interpret that news very quickly and succinctly is incredibly important. And I think it also helps to drive the thought processes for an entire industry and being able to leverage your knowledge uh, to ultimately assist others with predicting what's to come, right? Because we're not only you know reporting on the facts, but you're looking at how to predict some of these things that might be happening based on your wealth of knowledge and experience. Um, you know, holding those various roles, which I think is very interesting. And it sounds like even those times where you weren't directly in the industry, you were industry adjacent, 
right? Like working on the mortgage side, like you never really left the industry. Your whole storyline kind of follows that path of being in financial services on the consumer side and just getting a lot of different perspectives, which is probably why your writing is so good and so valuable to the industry. Well, thank you. But yeah, I was, I was industry adjacent. I actually, I actually was hired by that mortgage company because I had litigated FDCPA matters and they needed someone who understood the FDCPA and who mm-hmm. could look at default matters and provide them, you know, some guidance in those default matters. Um, so it was, yeah, I was, that was the furthest I ever strayed away. Um, and I didn't go very far. i you know, I maybe went to the, the shallow end of the pool, but I never left the pool. Like, I, you know, um, you know, it's, it's what, I, you it know. It gives you even better perspective, right? Yeah. Like, cause now you're looking at it from even more angles, which I, you know, is kind of what I'm getting to is that like all of the different angles that you've been able to develop through your career has kind of positioned you um, in a unique way to be able to report on these things and to do it based on your experience, which is a monumental task, right? Like hats off. Uh, It's really, I know how difficult it is to get those things done. Now, kind of as we kind of wrap up a little bit here, one thing I'd I'd like to ask on the CRC side is if an organization wants to get engaged and involved with CRC, what's that look like? You know, what's their commitment and how do they get started? Do they reach out to you directly? Like what's that process look like? So they can go to Inside ARM and click on the Consumer Relations Consortium banner. It'll take them to the CRC site. Um, involvement in the CRC is biweekly meetings. Uh, every two weeks, we have an hour-long call that we call an all-CRC call, where we just talk about the biggest issues affecting our memberships, and it's a peer group where we can um, talk about the current issues and the solutions and, and what's going on. Uh, the CRC is your seat at the table. It is a smaller group by design, um, and that way our members can really help each other um, figure out the next step in, in what they're doing. It's meeting in Arlington, Virginia, twice a year. We get together, we invite, um, it's a meeting, not a conference, so it's only members who are able to um, to attend that meeting, and we get together and we cover, um, we have roundtables with advocates, regulators, um, congressmen, and um, and then we have some, you know, issue issue resolution sessions, but it's a meeting, not a conference, so it is it is small, twice a year. And then it looks like just engagement. CRC is you get you get out what you put in, and um, and and we've got a really really wonderful group. And I absolutely love being a part of it. I love being a part of it. I love um, you know being it inside arm. It's this is just an absolutely wonderful. Um, it, it it is an absolutely wonderful place to be in because I feel like I get to connect with so many of my industry peers. You know, like you said, it's a very small industry, and after you know after sixteen years of being in it, there's my husband laughs that I know people like all over the country. He's like, I didn't know someone <laughs> in my own I'm like, because I do. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's just wonderful to be connected and, um, and have that, um, have that camaraderie amongst the, the, you know, the industry. Well, I'm proud to count you as one of my friends in the industry. I feel like every time we have a conversation, I learn something about you um, and Black Cats. And I learn a little bit something about the industry as well, which is always a positive thing. Missy, I can't thank you enough for coming on and having this chat with me. I'd love to have you back on again in the future so that we can continue this conversation. There's so many different things that we could be discussing based on our kind of different perspectives coming into the industry. 
industry. For those of you that are watching, if you have additional questions that you'd like to ask Missy or myself, you can leave those in the comments on YouTube and LinkedIn. We'll be happy to respond to those. If you have additional topics that you'd like to see us cover, you can leave those in the comments below as well. And hopefully I'll be able to get Missy to come back on at least one more time and continue helping me create great content for a great industry. But Missy, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. I'm glad we got, I'm glad I got to do it. Absolutely. And for those of you who are watching, we'll see you again soon. Thanks everybody.